Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Welcome to Pro-Life Primetime News. Our top story tonight takes us to Washington, D.C., where the Supreme Court has overturned the Roe v. Wade decision from 1973 that legalized abortion throughout the country and throughout pregnancy. It was an exciting moment here at Priests for Life in Florida. And Teresa, can you tell our viewers what, what it was like for us here? Oh, my goodness. It was just one of those things, you know, when we talk about monumental things that happen in history, right? Where were you? What happened? What were you doing when you heard the news? So we want to show you, right? We've got some great we, footage. Yeah, we can show you where we were when we heard the news. It just got handed down. Dogs. Oh, my goodness. All right. Okay, let's read. Hell. Held, the Constitution does not confer a right to abortion. Yes! <laughs> oh my gosh! Roe and Casey are overruled. Roe is overturned! The authority to regulate abortion. Oh my God! Oh my God. Yes! Ah, oh, praise you, Jesus! The authority to regulate abortion is returned to the people. Oh my God! <laughs> the people and their elected oh representatives. Thank you, Roberts. Jesus. Roberts concurs. In yes, the six to three. <laughs> we won. Woo! Praise oh my pray. gosh! Let's pray right now. Lord, thank you because at this moment, you have answered the prayers, the sacrifices, the 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 the, the, the work of pro-life people for five decades. Lord God, oh all God. their prayers and so many who have passed on before us, Norma McCorvey and Sandra Cano and Bernard Nathanson and Nellie Gray and, and Jack Wilkie and, and so many other people, uh, Mildred Jefferson and Lord, so Jeff many countless people whose names we know, whose names we don't know, uh, 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 who have labored for this day, who have worked for this moment, who have prayed for this uh, outcome, who have dreamt about it, who have wondered, how will this happen? Now, Lord, you, we see your faithfulness. We see your faithfulness at this moment. We see the answer. Uh, 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 and, and, and Lord, thank you. We just thank you and we praise you. Janet, what do you think? Oh, I, I'm like, as they say in Yiddish, the clumps crying Oh my God. Here. Uh, you know, over 30 years of my life, I've worked for this moment. Um, oh. And I just remember, Father, before Norma passed us on the phone, talking to her and promising her we would work to see this happen. And Norma, we did it. We did it. Everyone did it. The entire pro-life movement did it. You know, I always used to say, everyone used to argue about what case would do it. And I used to say, get out of the way. God yes. knows what case will do it. Larry, get Everybody over here. Larry, get over here. Get and now we turn to the political world in a nutshell. Primaries were held this past week in Virginia and Washington, D.C. Though Tuesday wasn't a day full of competitive races, certain trends that we have seen so far this election season have continued. These trends include GOP primary voters favor deeply conservative candidates. Progressives face significant headwinds. It is beneficial to be an incumbent. And there continues to be historical turnout among Republicans with historically low turnouts among Democrats. Representative Myra Flores, Republican from Texas, was sworn in as the newest House member on Tuesday 
after making headlines for flipping Texas's 34th congressional district red. Her platform was one of pro-life, pro-God, and pro-family. She did not sugarcoat her platform to appeal to a traditionally Democratic voter base. Flores was the first person elected to Congress who was born in Mexico and the first Republican to represent the 34th district in 150 years. She immigrated here legally and is married to a Border Patrol agent. Inflation and gas prices are by far the biggest reasons driving people from all walks of life to the polls. This was a large part of Flores' win and why Hispanics are turning against the Democratic Party. The high cost of living is making it nearly impossible for them to achieve the American dream. Primaries will be held this Tuesday in Utah, New York, Oklahoma, Illinois, and Colorado. So if you're from one of those states, be sure to get out and vote. Emergency meetings are being held by the Biden administration as they try to decide what to do if Justice Alito's draft opinion holds as the Supreme Court's final decision in the Dobbs case. One option under consideration is for President Biden to declare a national public health emergency. Four years ago, the Iowa Supreme Court enshrined abortion as a fundamental right in the Iowa State Constitution. Last Friday, the Iowa Supreme Court ruled that its state constitution does not contain a so-called right to abortion. And that's the political world in a nutshell. The decision to have an abortion not only affects that moment in your life. Kristen Gordon. It affects many precious moments to come. I now pronounce you man and wife. Please remember, where there's life, there's hope. A message from Priests for Life. The Supreme Court case on Roe v. Wade has touched off a flurry of activity on the state level. Let's take a look at what's happened this week. In Wisconsin, pro-abortion Governor Tony Evers, a Democrat, called the legislature back into session in an effort to overturn an 1849 law that bans abortion except to save the life of the mother. But pro-life Republicans dominate the state legislature and refuse to convene the session. In anticipation of the decision on Roe, Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin will stop doing abortions after tomorrow. Louisiana Governor John Bell Edwards, a rare pro-life Democrat, this week signed into law a bill that outlaws abortion at the moment of implantation. This differs from an Oklahoma law signed by Governor Kevin Stitt last month that protects babies from abortion at fertilization. Implantation takes place about six days after fertilization. A study by the Pro-Abortion Advancing New Standards in Reproductive Health at the University of California, San Francisco, found that one quarter of the nation's 790 abortion businesses would close after Roe v. Wade is overturned. On this show, we call that good news. A Florida law that would protect babies from 15 weeks gestation is set to go into effect July 1st, but two Planned Parenthood offices, other abortion providers in the state, and a rabbi have sued to block the law. Oral arguments will be heard Monday in Leon County Circuit Court. 
the last pro-life Democrat in the House of Representatives, Henry Cuellar of Texas, has been declared the winner of a May 24th runoff against a pro-abortion challenger. Cuellar has served in the House for 17 years. In November, he will face Republican challenger Casey Garcia, a former aide to U.S. Senator Ted Cruz. Emery and Elliot Finnefrock were born five years ago today, but there are no balloons or birthday cake for the boys and only heartbreak for their mom, Amanda Finnefrock, and her family. Born prematurely at 22 weeks and five days on June 24, 2017, her son Emery lived for just 45 minutes. His brother Elliot lived for two and a half hours. Neither boy received any medical care at Riverside Methodist Hospital in Columbus, Ohio. Amanda was already the mother of two daughters, so when she experienced bleeding at 22 weeks and two days, she knew that was not normal. She and her husband went to Riverside, where medical officials said they would not attempt to save the babies if they were born before 22 weeks and five days. Amanda made it to that target date, but her boys received no care at all. A nurse who was in the room offered no assistance, telling Amanda she was just there to document the time of death. When Elliot was born, he was crying. Staffers brought Amanda and her husband a cooling cart that allows the parents of stillborn babies to spend time with the children. But he was alive. Amanda held her son instead until he died. On this video, produced by the Columbus pro-life organization Created Equal, you can hear Amanda saying, Mommy tried, Mommy tried. It's not offensive, it's heartbreaking and outrageous. You guys are gonna save him, right? Promise me, they're you're gonna, gonna save they're him. They're gonna look at him, baby. Look at him. Please save him. Amanda has since had a son who will turn four next month. She said people don't realize that what happened to her can happen to anyone. I never would have dreamed this would happen to me, she told us. She will never know if life-saving care would have saved her boys' lives, but right now a little boy in Utah, Alabama, his name is Curtis Means, is getting ready to celebrate his second birthday on July 4th. The Guinness Book of World Records says Curtis is the world's most premature baby to survive, born at 21 weeks and one day, weighing just under 15 ounces. I want to be a teacher. I want to be president of the United States. I want to find a cure for cancer. The choice to have an abortion alters the course of the future. Please remember, where there's life, there's hope. A message from Priests for Life. And finally tonight, we have an interview with Teresa Watson, who recorded it while she was on location in California. Hi, I'm Teresa Watson, and we're here today with uh, Brendan and Kristen and baby Caden McMenemy. And uh, Kristen, what was your reaction when you heard Caden's heartbeat for the very first time? I immediately started crying. I was I was so excited and almost in shock. You know, you don't know what to expect, and I was just so excited. And you know, I looked at Brendan, and we were just over the moon, like 
it was real. He was really in there. You know, you have to wait a certain amount of time to go to the doctor. So those those were long few weeks to make sure that he was, you know, healthy in there. So when we finally heard the heartbeat, it was over the moon excited. Is that it? That is it. Oh my oh god. That's your little gummy bear. Oh, oh my god. My god. <laughs> Isn't that cool? That's crazy. Holy cow, how is that inside? The, the two little legs are there and there, and the two little arms are there oh and there. God. There's the heart beating right there. We're going to listen to that first. So it's not octuplets? It is not octuplets. <laughs> same size and shape right now. <laughs> oh. Maybe about twice as fast as adults. And that's a perfect, nice strong heartbeat for the stage. Wow. You can see the spine forming right there. Arms, two legs, all the pieces and parts. Isn't that cool? That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so where is it? Like <laughs> way down low way in your pelvis. Okay. Yeah. So we're gonna do a little measurement here. We do what's called the crown rump length, where we measure from the top of the noggin. Brendan, what did you feel when you got that initial glimpse of Caden on the ultrasound? Um, it was uh, a feeling that I have never experienced before, um, but I was um, I was proud, happy, a little overwhelmed, um, and excited to uh, to meet him and see him in real life. Yes, I'm sure. I'm sure it's a, it's an amazing amazing thing. I remember when I saw my first ultrasound. But Brendan, when you saw the ultrasound and and heard the heartbeat. Um, did you know in your hearts, both of you at that time that you were looking at your baby um, and not just a clump of cells like some people say? Um, yes, I'm not sure why some people would say that, but yes, it was very clear when we saw the ultrasound um, that we were looking at um, our little um, baby <laughs> that we had created, the two of us. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty amazing. And what do you think, um, on a serious note, someone that might be considering terminating their pregnancy and they see this, an ultrasound like this of their baby and they hear a heartbeat, do you think that might change their mind? I would definitely hope that that would change their mind. I think if they, you know, see the ultrasound and listen to the heartbeat, they realize it's, it's not a clump of cells and it's, it's their baby. Um, and I would hope that that would definitely change their mind. Thank you. Well, Kristen, now that you're holding your beautiful baby boy, um, and, and he's asleep right now, and uh, is it hard to imagine that just a few short weeks ago, because Caden is three weeks now, that he was inside of you? Yeah, it still shocks me every day, like <laughs> that um, that he's here and you know crying, and we're doing everything and. Yeah, I still, um, I can't believe it. My pregnancy went so fast and was so easy. And in the blink of an eye, here we are taking care of him. But I'm so excited that he's here and healthy. And we can't be more excited to have him. 
Well, what did you think, Christian, was the most exciting part of seeing the ultrasound, going through the pregnancy, and then giving birth to this beautiful, beautiful baby boy? Oh, man. Um, I think just having all our family here and just making this like, you know, a whole family experience for, you know, for all of us, it's been amazing and something that we've, you know, talked about and really wanted. And oh, <laughs> he says, yes, I love it. <laughs> um, well, right on cue, right on cue. And so we get to we can see him. There he is. He wanted to be on camera more. That's perfect. Well, and Brandon, you got to celebrate your very first uh, Father's Day. How was that? I did. It was uh, it was very fun. Um, got to take a lot of pictures with the little guy. We and, uh, wore our matching uh, me and mini me shirts. Um, <laughs> Which was very cute, um, but yeah, it was it was a great Father's Day and had a great time. Um, spend it, <laughs> spent it with our family. Well, I just I want to thank the three of you for joining me today, and um, I wanted to share with our audience the most exciting part of this story is that this is actually my family. This is my son <laughs> and daughter-in-law and my first grandchild. So uh, thank you both for being with me and for making me a grandma. And uh, so I really appreciate you taking the time. This is a very special segment for me. And I thought I recognized you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you both. And uh, I am Teresa Watson with Primetime Pro-Life News. Thank you so much for joining us on our first episode of Pro-Life Primetime News, produced at Priests for Life headquarters in Titusville, Florida. We hope you will join us every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm Teresa Watson, Executive Manager of Priests for Life. And I'm Leslie Palma, Communications Director. If you have an idea for a story or would like to expose something in the abortion industry, please email us at media at priestsforlife.org. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.